Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the great Scott Show, the great sports callers open think tank. Joining me now in studio is Seth Lewis from KTC TV3 and Seth Lewis Incorporated. Seth, who was on with me last Monday, uh, on again after a, a wild weekend in sports, just talked to Greg Larnard. He was said he missed you, Seth. I he said, he, too, said he, he said he missed you. Man, we had some good nights. You know, like there was some there was some good nights with with the crew. You know, he was definitely a part of that crew before he went to Chattanooga, man. So uh, local I my media guy. members that didn't have kids yet hanging out. It's good times, no, absolutely. And it, at least one person in that crew does have a kid now. So life comes at you fast. Now, <laughs> yeah, now. Uh, but at the time. No one had kids, and it's not you or Greg. It's to, well, uh, we don't. You know, yeah, it could yeah. be Greg, <laughs> but uh, but we're gonna say it's not Greg. I, that I don't have him confirmed, so no, that's not who I'm referring. All to. right, yeah, I don't think he has plans to move back, but you know, got one in the oven, bro. You yeah, <laughs> life calls. ESPN fourteen twenty. All right, um, I I, I want to correct something I was saying last hour um, about the College World Series. That's what I want to start with. That apparently it was uh, six total players for NC State. There were eight in NC State's traveling party that tested positive for COVID. And when you just break this thing down, and it's let's just get down to the the the, the bottom line with it. You have contact tracing. You had some players test positive, four of which had been vaccinated, and you have the NCAA saying, "Well, you can't play." Uh, we talked to our. Health folks, I think they mentioned they talked to the Douglas Health County, who they claim told them that they should not let NC State play, which afterwards the Douglas County Health Department was like, actually, we didn't say that, but a lot of bad looks for the NCAA. So they say, you guys can't play. Um, and if you're going by the rules for the whole year, okay. Like, But, Seth, we're at a point now in late June when they're they're bragging the NCAA about having two hundred twenty thousand people continue to come through the gates in Omaha throughout this College World Series, uh, the majority of which are unmasked, untested, some of them unvaccinated, and they're bragging about that, and then they're telling this other team. Like my my thing is this, and this is this is the first question I'll ask you with about this situation. Let's say everything in this, because the first person, I think, tested positive like on a Tuesday. So it, was, it wasn't like it all happened at once. It was kind of one thing led to another. Let's say this whole timeline was two days later than it would have been, and NC State was scheduled to play Mississippi State in the final. Is the NCAA actually going to just say, nope, Bulldogs are champs, you guys can't play, or are they going to wait or try to figure this thing out? Like, there's no way... The NCAA is going to be like, we're crowning a champ, no game. I just don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe it either. You know, like you look at the Women's College World <clears throat> Series, they had a rain delay or a rain postponement of game one of the championship series. And I guess part of that was because of the final day or the elimination games leading into that. Um, getting rained out. Like, you know that these events can be moved. You know they can be moved a day, two days. Sometimes what you run into is possibly programming and visibility. So, like, for example, Game 3 in the Women's College World Series this year was the most watched, um, I don't know about ever, but, in like, the numbers, the viewership was clearly up, and I would mm -hmm. think ever. Um, with it being so up. And I don't know what Game 3 did, but Game 3 aired at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. If you weren't aware of that, then you could, you know, put on the ESPN to see what time the game is and then realize it's over. But the part that I didn't, I discounted was the fact that ESPN had probably the NBA on that night at yeah. like 6, 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on ESPN 2, they had like a boxing event. And so there literally just wasn't a place unless you put it on ESPNU, and that doesn't feel right for, for a, a championship. A, a winner's take takes all game. And so like you get into things like that, maybe, but like you should be able it's it's multi-layer for NC State. I, first and foremost, my heart goes out to the players, um, you know, who work so hard and who 
has been on this miraculous run, including beating number one Arkansas after losing to them 21-2 in game one. I mean, that's something that's just going to forever be unbelievable. Um, it, it poses a lot of questions um, with the NCAA. It poses questions with them, too, as far as their whole team getting vaccinated. I know that, for example, like LSU Eunice, obviously on a different level, um, pretty much their entire team, if not their entire team, was vaccinated. And part of the reason for that was so that they didn't run into anything like this. And there have been other teams collegiately where most or all players have been vaccinated mm-hmm. because of something like that, because of herd immunity and, be, and you know, for the – even if you don't necessarily believe in it, I guess, uh, for, the, for the better good of the team, you just – you know, everybody's just doing it, so, like, nothing derails – so, like, obviously you can, you know, you wonder um, somewhat when it comes to that. You wonder, man, the NCAA, and it's like the College World Series baseball account, very tone deaf. Right. Super tone right. deaf. When you talk about them tweeting that night, like, obviously they have to tweet out the statement, but it wasn't it wasn't 15 minutes later when they tweeted out, like, the, the usual, like, CWS final bound Vanderbilt. And it's like, dog, the body isn't cold. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, how can you tweet that out? Not to mention the next day tweeting out the attendance, showing this large crowd in Omaha and not seeing the irony in that Mm -hmm. and even showcasing that because you you letting the fans in. It's not like you're going to just automatically stop letting fans in. But to broadcast that, it's almost like, what you going to do about right. it? They, like, they, they would get criticized for the way they handled it no matter what. But you, might, was, as well not, you, you might as well not throw gas on your foot when it's on fire. And, and look, you know what I mean? Like let, You might as well not do that. And let NC State and their fans, I'm saying have their moment, but really have their moment to mourn. Have their, have their moment to be sad. Like, you can announce that Vanderbilt punched their ticket after Mississippi State punches its ticket. Like, just do both of those within, like, 15, 30 minutes. Like, that's cool. Nobody's going to trip on that. Like, no, nobody's going to say, wow, Mississippi State won. You should let Vander- I mean, Vanderbilt shouldn't take their moment. No, no, no. That's fine. They're, they're playing against each other. So there was just a, there was just a lot of that. And- a lot of layers, as you said. You yeah. know, I, I was Last hour, I was just talking about how hypocritical the NCAA looked with everything. I get they were in a tough spot, but the way they handled it, extremely poor and there's and, and you would I, you would say that there wasn't a lot of transparency too would you because in no, the fa- in the was... fact that 13 players obviously played the day before mm-hmm. right four of those players who were vaccinated reportedly tested positive mm-hmm. for the virus so you know that that leaves you with nine <laughs> you know you, you know you need nine to fill the team, which probably doesn't leave you in a good spot as far as like but I bet, playing a game. I bet they still would have done it. Oh, for sure. Like, if you were like, you play with this, they would have been like, but, whatever we can do the, to compete. But the question is, are some of the nine pitchers? Yeah. Oh, are some yeah. of the nine those who already pitched the day before mm-hmm. and would never come back in a normal scenario on one day's rest based on the amount of pitch. Obviously, we don't know because of uh, HIPAA laws and because of, like, privacy. We don't know who was sick and who wasn't and uh, of those that Part played in the game Part of it was they kept that. testing people to try to see if they could come back because one of them was contact person, and then they, they were testing them to be like, let's see if we can get him back. If he And then he tests positive, and the NCAA was like, we don't want you to. Kendall Rogers sort of he laid out a, a, an article last night like a – basically just a timeline of events, but all of that came from the NCAA and their side of things to which, of course, people are like, oh, why would you believe them? Whatever. I mean, it just the, – it's 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 frustrating because of – it feels, Seth, like if this happens at the beginning of the season, and I know there wasn't a CWS last year, it's kind of – it's not just that it's on the big stage. Obviously, that's a huge part of it. If it's in a conference tournament, big deal in that conference, no one else was talking about it. Yes, CWS, but it's also like – where we're at in late June and with you allowing full attendance compared to where you were a couple of months ago, it all feels like if that happened in the NCAA tournament, we saw what we did. We saw what VCU season in before yeah. they could play in the NCAA tournament game and everyone kind of moved on. But of course everyone's like, yeah, but what if this was before 
the Final Four, a national championship game, the NCAA would find a way to just wait, figure it out. And I guess a school in that situation that's so close to that spot's like, why couldn't you wait for us? Meanwhile, they're saying, look, we don't want to have a situation. They would never say this. They're thinking, we don't want to have a situation like we had five years ago when Coastal Carolina won the College World Series. If my memory serves me right, Seth, I think it was like on a Thursday morning on ESPN because it, there were these like weather delays, so it kept getting pushed back and it ended at a weird time. Anyway, I just I maintain that if if it had been before the final, I don't think they just crown a champion and move on with it. They might wait a week. They might wait a while. Maybe there are no fans, but they, they figure a way, but it wasn't the finals. It was... And that's, the last games before the finals, and and that clouds over. Like the Mississippi State Texas game was awesome, and yet it was hard for me to watch that and still just not think about. Man, I can't believe NC, NC State's State. not able to play. Yeah, you know? and, and part of it too is just their story. Like I, I'm not saying that if it was the one seed and this happened, it wouldn't be a big deal because it would be. Um, it would be as big of a deal probably, but the fact that they had like overcome so much. And the fact that they were in the winner's bracket, being an unranked team, um, just it was just like so many of those factors that's just like they're having this Cinderella run, you know, they're playing their best ball at the right time. Mm-hmm. Like any coach will will tell you that's what that's what he wants from his team. And it's just like, man, um you just you just hate it. Uh you just absolutely hate it uh for them. But no, it's it's hard to it's hard to view the games. It's it's hard to look at anything and and not think of, and not think of like man, like they're not playing. And I I think to what you said too about like if it was the championship game, I thought about that a lot when it came to like the playoffs, especially like uh, and I'm saying playoffs, high school playoffs. Let's say it's high school football. I thought that anything before the championship probably has to get canceled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But once you get to the championship game, like okay, everybody's playing in Natchitoches, but you could go home site. You know what I mean? You could you could wait it out right. if if a team got sick, and go home site because the alternative is what you just don't play the game at all. Like that doesn't seem cool. So you could do that um, and still have a game, and obviously that could apply maybe to some other sports. But we, you know, me and Andrew really thought about that as far as football is concerned. But um, but I I'm with you. I think if it's the championship game, there's no way that they're ending the College World Series on a dud like that. Um, no way you have that that type of build up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well, no, our our champion is crowned. No trophy lifting moment. No, you know, because we're still gonna get that. Like I think this World Series will all always. I'm I'm not a big fan of asterisks um and asterisk talk but um this World Series will always have some type of stain or some type of remembrance for this but we're still getting that moment like we're still getting the final out in a championship series and while this will be something that a lot of people remember as time goes on the thing you're going to see is Vanderbilt or Mississippi State hoisting the trophy you won't see North Carolina State uh, taking the picture at midnight right. um, at home base. ESPN 1420.com. That's Seth Lewis. And, you know, uh, phone lines, unfortunately, are are not working this morning. Um, but I, I do want to add this last thing. A lot of people were saying, well, how come they, they were able to test vaccinated individuals? The NCAA had some guidelines in place that vaccinated individuals, this is student-athletes, anyone in traveling party, would not have to get tested unless they were there was evidence of substantial or high transmission within that community. And I think once they reached maybe four positive tests, it was deemed a, quote, outbreak. That's why they ended up testing the whole team. And folks are saying, well, why didn't you test Vandy? Or maybe they, 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 didn't, they didn't have any positive tests. And who knows? I don't even know how many people. There's possible. It's possible every single one was vaccinated, so they didn't have to test anybody. So, um that's just a guideline of things. Last thing I'll say on it is this, Seth, and then we got to talk hoop in the next segment. I One thing that I definitely took away from all of this was kind of, I, I know that this, you know, I, do we still call it a pandemic? Do we not? Whatever you want to call it. I know that this COVID situation, it, it looks a lot different here in late June than it did three months ago, and it's going to look a lot different in early September when football season kicks off than it does now. 
But the NCAA, I think, is letting football teams know, hey, if you have some players that don't get vaccinated and they test positive and we test the whole team and you reach this certain number, traveling parties, social distancing, all of that, um, contact tracing, if you will, guess what? We're not we're we're not going to let you play. Um, now, of course, it might be a conference by conference thing, and the NCAA has jurisdiction over the College World Series, and that's something else. So I know it's a little more complex than the way I just made it sound, but I do feel like for some football coaches, maybe it was like, man, we gotta. I don't I don't want this to happen to us. We got to make sure we get everybody. Um, we got to get we, we got to make sure we, we just got to make sure we don't put ourselves in this situation. I think it's gonna like. You could say the same thing with VCU, obviously, too, in the tournament as far as, like, the NCAA is over that and they were forced to leave the tournament. Mm -hmm. I think it's still going to be a lot of that same deal as far as, like, teams within the season canceling games, postponing games. Like, I don't think there will be, like, forfeits if a team gets sick. I think it will be the same thing as this year. Or no contest, right, like you saw with the Sunbelt title game, which they said, okay, we're going to have co-champions. And that – yeah, I, anyway, not, not in the case of a coach, yeah, I don't think that's happening again. So I, I also, look, we're going to see a lot less rescheduling next year. I mean, do we see any? In, it, it was just weird because with the big crowd, it just felt like everything was kind of, I dare I say it, it felt somewhat normal, the College World Series, up until that NC State thing happened. It's almost like we kind of been lulled oh. into this sense of, all right, now you had some like right Chris Paul, and he didn't play in the first right. two games, and so there were there were some things here or there, but like overall, things were starting crowds to feel normal. being back. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like you got lulled into not even thinking right. that it was a possibility, and it was a big shock. All right, before we talk basketball in the next segment, uh, Mississippi State or Vandy? Who you got? I like Vandy because I like their pitching situation, to be honest, and then obviously uh, you know Jack got an extra day to rest, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I know people have pointed to that as an unfair advantage, but it is an advantage. And it's not and Vandy's fault. Like, Vandy's being treated like the villain here. Like, they yeah, had they nothing are. to do with they it. Had no, they, they had nothing little, to do with it. This, is, this has nothing to do with them. And um, and and Coach Corbin was was very much so expressing that. That, like, hey, look, I'm, I'm empathetic. You know, I'm not going to act like I'm not empathetic towards Mississippi State, but, like, you know, NC that's State, out of our right, yeah, right. yeah, NC State. But, like, um, this is out of our lane. Um, so... No, I, I I think, and not to mention, too, some of those guys have championship experience a couple years ago. I think that that's going to aid them in the long run. Who, if Andy loses tonight, then they lose the series. Um, I don't think they're going to lose tonight because of who they have on the mound. But they have been committing some errors. The Bulldogs have not committed one this entire run in the CWS. Not one. I mean, they are playing – mistake-free baseball, and it's just good enough. That was such a great game against Texas. ESPN 14-20. Pretty good game in Atlanta for a while last night. uh, Wait, did you pick Mississippi State? Is that what I heard? That's what it sounded like. I'll take I'll take the cowbells. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll just, I'll just making sure. I, I was making sure I, I heard right. I, I know that they are the underdog. Okay, and I know that Vandy's. Um, I don't I don't think it's a bad pick. I just wanted to make advantage. sure we had it on record. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know if you said it in the last hour or not. But now just, everybody, if you have a bookie, go ahead and put it on Vandy because that's probably what's going to happen. Um, all right, lot to get into on the, in the world of hoops. Pelicans apparently have narrowed in on two candidates for their coach. There is a uh, report out there about what the Pelicans are willing to give up to get Dame Lillard. Um, I'm sure a lot of teams are willing to give a lot up to get Dame Lillard. Is he going anywhere? We will dig into that. Suns, do they close it out tonight? And um, the Bucks, they get the win last night. Chris Middleton goes off. I'm Scott. That is Seth Lewis from KTC TV3. We're right back right after this. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Seth Lewis, Seth. Um, Bally Sports' Brandon Scoop B. Robinson reported last night that the Pelicans are willing to part ways with Brandon Ingram and uh, multiple first round picks that they acquired in the trades of Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. To get Damian Lillard from Portland. Now, Dame, for those that don't know, his um, Supermax extension officially kicks in next season. A lot of money. A whole lot of money. 
Um, and yet I think the Pelicans would be willing to do pretty much anything other than trade Zion to get Dame. Chauncey Billups officially named the head coach of the Portland Trailblazers last night. There are obviously other teams, some of the, quote, glamour franchises, if you want to call them that, end quote, um, are reportedly wanting to get him. Dame's been so loyal to Portland. I know he's made it clear, get me some all-stars over here. I mean, would they actually trade him, Dame? Would they actually trade him? The only way they trade him is if he wants to be traded because he's been, as he would say, loyal to the soil so much that it's hard to dignify or it's it's hard to come back to your fan base and say, you know, we decided that it was time to move on. Because for the longest, it really did kind of feel like Dane was in control of it as far as, or I say Dane was in control of it, but it felt like for the longest that like it wasn't going to be Dame doing the breaking up because Dame has just been so uh, – He's rebuked so many different people saying, you know, man, you should go join this. You should go go join that. He's always called it the easy route, going to join um, a team with a bunch of stars, like, you know, that 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 he wants to win in Portland. Like, you know, I, I honestly, and you can, you can fill in the gap if there is someone. I haven't heard someone speak so passionately about winning in their first and small market since KG. I remember how passionate Kevin Garnett was about winning in Minnesota. And they weren't winning. Like they won They got to a conference finals one time. They got to a conference finals one time with Latrell Sprewell and Sam Cassell. And I don't know if they won a playoff series out of that. Maybe they won one total playoff series the whole eight, nine years that he was in Minnesota. And eventually, um, you know, I guess with some convincing, you know, people finally convinced him to Seek a trade, he went to Boston, he won a championship. And he even said after that, you know, that he wishes that maybe he had done that sooner because he was kind of leaving his prime right as he got to to Boston, maybe the very end of his prime because he was hurt pretty much after that. But um, but the point is, with Dame, it's going to have to come from Dame. And when you talk about the person with the – I forget who the reporter was that was saying about what the Pelicans can give up – that's, scoop. That's always interesting to me. Well, and Scoop, it's not to say that Scoop doesn't know what he's talking about, but like it's always interesting to me sometimes people that you don't know how connected they are with the team saying what a team is willing to give up. Is with Chris Haynes report and doing his report on, you know, a league sources tell him that, you know, Dame is uh not not happy with people blaming him for the the head coaching choice and, you know, he wants help and blah, 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 blah. I can tell you right now, Chris Haynes is cool with Dame. So if Chris Haynes is saying that, it's coming from Dame or Dame's family. It's a good source. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't I don't doubt that at all, that that's how he feels because he's, he's done a bunch of stuff with Chris Haynes before. So um, I've been very doubtful in the past about any type of rumor when it comes to, to Damian Lillard. As far as him wanting out, this is the first time that I've legitimately felt like, oh, they they are on thin ice. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports yesterday with the article that Lillard's getting a lot of backlash because he backed Chauncey Billups a lot as the hire and didn't know about Billups's, I guess, um, past where, you know, 20-plus years ago, but a, a sexual assault allegation made against Chauncey. And so there is speculation that maybe this uh, hula-baloo would be the way to get Lillard out the door or something. But Lillard, Lillard publicly said he wasn't aware of that. Um, and, you know, he's like, he, he's, he's firing back at, like, Fans and people on social media, like, I I was seven years old. Like, I report those things. Like, leave me be. So, why, like, why would that be the thing? Lillard's suddenly mad because people on social media got mad at him for, like, a second? In, in like, today's news where people get hot and bothered and 
And how can you actually support that? He's like, I didn't know. How could you not know? Like, all right, relax. Like, it feels like this could just go away like in two days and not be news anymore. So is there something more to it? Is this just being used as maybe a, a tool because he wants out? But like you said, Chris Haynes does have that relationship with him. So every it, it feels something feels a little off right now. It does. Like But it, you know what it kind of feels like? I don't know like? that it's as simple as well, he's getting backlash because of the Billups thing and he's wanted him and now he's saying he didn't know that. Like it feels like that's just being used to, and I'm not trying to make light of sure. any of it, but it does kind of just feel like a prop in a way to something that maybe we just don't know about. Yeah, and not to make light of ultimate situation, but it does kind of feel like picking a fight with your girl. Um just like oh yeah, you you left the milk. I can't believe you. I'm leaving. Right. It's like it's milk. You know what I'm saying? Like like all right. Like it does seem like because it didn't. I didn't see that many people blaming him. Right. Or honestly, I didn't know about it until he tweeted about it. Right. If we're being honest, and, I, I had he, no idea about the case. Yeah, it was like until, twenty plus years ago, and it was an until accusation. He tweeted it. it was. A, it wasn't it was like accusation. it wasn't like something actually happened. And they so, and they settled out of. Yeah. Uh, civil court. Right. You and know? this is Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer 20 yes. plus years ago. So, to, to be clear, but. Um, not trying to suggest that Billups was arrested for something a long time ago. It wasn't It wasn't like the Jason Kidd thing where there was an actual, you know, abuse. A com- and, uh, a con- conviction right. and, and all right. that stuff. Uh, spousal right. abuse. It was, it was very, it was very um, apples and oranges. Anyway, it. but to your point, it doesn't, like, that's, this, this is it? No. Like, if Lillard wants out, it's for a different reason. But yep. does he... Does he? And if he did want out, being that he's probably the most beloved player in history, either him or Drexler, maybe Bill Walton, they love Terry Porter there. Uh, Brandon Roy, they love, but it was such a short period of time. Like I, I think Dame's probably the guy. Like the the, the love affair the, that the that franchise that has he's with had, him. Yeah, I mean, outside of, I mean, probably because Drexler wasn't on the championship team, right? It was it was Walton, right? Drexler, so, they got to the finals, but right. they did not. Right, they lost to the Bulls. They lost to the Bulls in six. Right. Yeah. Um, so between Drexler getting them to the finals and then Walton winning a championship in Portland, I mean, yeah. And I and honestly, you know, some of those things, championships never fade with time. I don't I don't want to make it like that, but like Obviously, for like the newer fans, a lot of them weren't around. They just know Bill Walton. Walton is the guy with the tie dye shirts. Yes, that says these interesting things on the broadcast. Bill Walton has joined me on fourteen twenty. That's awesome. Hey. Uh, but I mean, he's delivered. I can. I'm man. I can think of more memorable moments with the Blazers over the last five, six, seven years. Then honestly, I can with the Pelicans, and it's all, <laughs> like, but it's I mean, like, all Dame Lillard. It's all Dame. Like I remember Brandon Roy hitting that crazy shot against Houston in the yes. playoffs. That was awesome, but that was like fifteen years ago, right? And then um, Dame did it. Three, it seems like Dame does later. it all the time. Like yeah. he just, you know, he he's he's just an incredible player. He's gonna he, be thirty-one um, in a couple of weeks. But if if he is, if, but here's where I was going with this: Seth Lewis, Scott Prather, ESPN fourteen twenty. Let's say there's something a little more to this than than meets the eye because why is that thing we talked about the thing that might push him out the door? And is that more of just a New York market Knicks fans really just praying and hoping? And Damian Lillard's awesome. Doesn't seem like he and Tom Thibodeau are like the right kind of fit. I don't, you know? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't fully seem like Dame isn't running from the grind as he would tell you. Uh, and as he tells other players, stop running from that grind. But, yeah, I don't see it as much as I would see, like, let's say Spolstra. Right. So my thing is, as much respect as that franchise has for him, if he does end up going somewhere, wouldn't they try to get him somewhere he would want to be? Like, I know that that's a rare thing that most players don't get that. But most players don't have that kind of, like, you saying the Blazers try to get him if, where if he wants the, to be? If if it makes sense for them too, like not oh, just okay. like if it's like like if he's like, look, man, I know that these two offers, this one's maybe a little better than that, but you know, you take me to another conference and all this other stuff. Sure. Like there, there, there has to be. I'm not saying they just give him whatever he wants. Yeah, but I that, feel that like there's happening. no, but I do feel like there's enough respect there where if he was like, if let's say, let me tell you this, if he said, look. You could trade me anywhere except these two places. 
I think they would be willing to say, okay. Now, if he said, you can only trade me to these two places, they'd be like, um, sorry. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, dude, we're going to we're gonna get our best return on the investment. Well, and, and the thing about Dame, which, again, I think it kind of speaks to who he is as a person um, in, a, in, a, in a very kind of random way. Um, you know, Dame isn't necessarily – because Dame contract is up when? Oh, not until – Twenty twenty, the twenty twenty five. So his contract is up, and yeah. his contract is up in twenty twenty five. Right, his extension kicks in next next year. year. Right. So and you, oh well, he could opt out of the last year. Yeah, but it's worth fifty five million dollars for a single season for so, one season. Um, but so it's not so, like you're getting them, and it's a risk. Like oh, you could lose them after a year. Like, so right. So the thing is, like usually when players make trade requests, they have a deal. Two years left on their deal. So when a player says, hey, I don't want to go to this place, like it's like the team that is trying to trade for him becomes reluctant mm-hmm. because they're like, well. And the package isn't as good. And the package right. isn't as good. Right. But, the, but, but some of those, well, unless it's the team that he wants to go to. The Lakers were, were willing to put as much as they put on the table for Anthony Davis because they knew that Anthony Davis would end up resigning there. Boston wasn't willing to put Jason Tatum, who's not the Jason Tatum that we know right now, on the table because they knew that AD's dad said, I'm not re-signing there. Like, but he also had a year left on his deal. Dame has four. That's not scaring any team Mm-mm. because the, the you, you're thinking if you signed a free agent, you'd have three to four years to convince them that this is the right place. Like if, and if, then you could trade for that person. That, that person don't have a choice. If Lillard gets traded, and there would be a lot of teams that would give up. Let's a lot, get into it. It would probably be the. Would it be the biggest package trade package ever for a single player? Possibly. Think because about it, of like, because the, of how many years you would be guaranteed to have him. And I'm telling you, man, I, there the would be a would huge return that would come back for that man. There are a lot of like back like when Chris Paul got traded back in the day to the Clippers. I don't even know that the I think the that the Hornets even get a single. I think they got one first round pick. Maybe not even one. Like now, teams just give up tons of first rounders, and the Pelicans and Thunder have a whole bunch of them. But. Um, Anyway, this if you're just tuning in, ESPN 1420, Scott Prather, Seth Lewis. This started because of a report from Brandon Scoop B. Robinson that um, the Pelicans are willing to part ways with Brandon Ingram and lots of first-round picks that they acquired in the Davis Holiday trades for a Dame Lillard, if he is, in fact, on the table. My thing is this, Seth. You're, you're talking about where he could possibly go. I don't think – I think he will be playing for the Portland Trailblazers next season. That's sure. That's what I believe. Sure. I, I mean – that's what I have to make the comparison, but it reminds me a little bit of Russell Wilson, where Russell we heard a little bit more from Russell Wilson this offseason than we had ever heard before, which it was directly from Russell Wilson. Um, but ultimately, you knew that there, and, it, and I think it's the same. That that's the same, or was the same owner? Uh, with uh, the, yeah, with the, before he passed uh, away. Before he yeah. passed away, um, ownership uh, groups. Alan, yeah. So it's it's ironic, but like there's clearly a love that Russ has for Seattle. It clearly would take a lot for him to say, I don't want to be in Seattle anymore. And who's to say that even he outlives Pete Carroll in Seattle, if we're being honest about it? Pete Carroll, by the way, who outlives, who, who's going to outlive him, period? I mean, he's like 80 and he yeah, looks I like know. he's like 40. I mean, the guy's yeah, going to live to his 130. He's been chewing gum in a nursing home at 130 years old. Yeah, he, he looks good. But, um, <laughs> but it feels that way with Dame because, like I said, the love has been so – Real between that fan base, uh, Neil O'Shea has been at his family's like a like a day party. Like I mean, like he really views that organization highly. Of course, things sour. Um, things always sour, especially um, winning cures everything, and losing does the opposite. <laughs> so um, lo- uh, losing uh, does a lot of bruising. Um, so of course, things could be different, but like. Ultimately, I think it comes back to he loves him. But we're playing the hypothetical game, right? If he does request a trade, I honestly don't know who would have a better package than the Pelicans. I can't really think of a better package than what the Pelicans can offer. Because if you're looking to 
build towards the future and, you know, still keep somebody pretty good in the, in the, in the building. Um, Brandon Ingram, uh, former All-Star, or All-Star just two years ago now. Um, and then you still could build for your future with a boatload of draft picks that can be turned into players or can be turned into um, trade ships down the line. Let's hope to do this summer. If you, um, if you have all those picks, that would be what to do with it. Man. But I, And I mean, like, to me, who would you, you know, I, I think who would you rather have? CJ, which I'm sure they would try to trade CJ too in the case of trying to trade Dame. But, like, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Brandon Ingram? Would you rather have Shea Gilgis Alexander? With the Thunder, who is the other team that can offer a boatload of picks, yeah, and whatever. Not to mention, if you're Dame, would you rather go to New Orleans or would you rather go to Oklahoma City? Not to say that he has a say per se, but if it's like, man, you getting similar packages, let, sign me up with Zion. I go play. I, I go play with Z. That, yeah. that's, that, I'm not going to play with uh, uh, Lou Dort. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? So if you look at the Knicks. R.J. Barrett, nope. Obi Toppin, nope. Mitchell Robinson, yuck. Well, no, Emmanuel, not not to, not to Mitchell Robinson. I'm sorry. Emmanuel I like Mitchell quickly. Robinson. Let's just, all those guys. Yeah, sure. And then like a couple first rounders. Well, well I mean, like that's are, that's, are that's you, it. Are you trying to suck to get the first pick? Because if that's the objective, then yes. Yeah, trade it. Um, Tyler Hero in picks for Miami. Yeah, not after this year. These are Toronto, Siakam. Red Van Vliet. Now, now we're getting somewhere. With the with the number four pick? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, yeah, no. No, fourth overall pick, absolutely. Absolutely. With with one or both? So you're filling out a – like, if you did that, Dame's going to be in a situation where I don't know – I mean, I feel like you need Siakam and Van Vliet to contend you with. You need Leonard, at least one of them. You know. Um, uh, Minnesota, Scott's, you know, Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell – they got draft rights. They got some. They got a bunch of first round picks in the future. Uh, I'm just throwing out names here. Like sure. I'm not. I'm not Anthony saying Edwards that, is interesting. Yeah, you know. But Minnesota is a team like New Orleans that no one outside of their market would probably even bring it up. Sure. No one outside of Louisiana is going to really probably bring up the Pelicans all that much, even though Scoop huh? B is reporting out yeah. there that they're like. they're wanting to do it. But you know what it's going to be. The majority of the national talk. He's he's probably not going to go anywhere. The majority of the national talk sure. be like, well, if he does want to go somewhere, and they're going to throw out the Lakers who have. Nothing, nothing to offer. Nothing. They're going to throw out the Knicks, who have some, but not nearly as good as the other stuff we've mentioned, and one or two other teams that I – Boston, who probably has nothing. You're going to hear all those teams just mentioned sure. just because. It's Lillard, sure. and they're going to mention the Glamour Well, franchise. and then, like, you know, you talk about, like, a Boston. They're intriguing because they have they have an all-star that they can trade. It would probably be Jalen Brown, though I'm sure, you know, if, you, if you're really trying to get interesting, if you're really trying to get active – Go ahead, put Jason Tatum on that table. I don't know if Jason Tatum is going to be the lead person uh, in a title run, even though he's good. He's he's really really good. If I'm you, not. You I'm feel just, like you would need him with Dame. I feel like you would need win. him with with Dame to win. Mm-hmm. But Dame with Jalen Brown, with Marcus Smart, with I'm saying Al Horford. I mean, you know, like just what he can do defensively and contribute in the East is interesting. The though the top though the top teams in the East are really good. And then of course, like that's the thing, is like you trade Dame to the Pelicans, like I'm in a, in a hypothetical, because like maybe it doesn't work with the Pelicans. Whereas let's say the Nuggets say, We'll give you Jamal Murray. And some other stuff. I don't know if it would be Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., but we'll give you Jamal Murray and some other stuff for Dame. Like I don't think that Portland does it because they're they're in the division. Like you're not trading that guy somewhere in the division. Um, but then, like you talk Philly, and I know everybody is low on Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, is, you know, he he has diminishing returns, whatever. But like once you start talking, you say Ben and Tobias. You know what I mean? Like like I don't I don't know who who you would have to give up because as bad as Ben was in the playoffs. And obviously, it matters in the playoffs. Um, a team built around him, I, one I think, would look different because he would have to be aggressive at all times. And for two, 
his regular season numbers are still his. Like, I mean, he he's still just. I mean, he's still defending at a, at a high level. He's still rebounding and, and assisting at a high level. To shooting, a he's just allergic he to shooting, kind of dunking, the yips. To I mean, just anything that involves putting the the ball in the Probably basket can be for two like, or three. It's important. That that's it's, important. It is important because last time yeah. I checked. Uh, the highest score wins the game yeah. in basketball, so that yeah. is important. ESPN um, fourteen twenty. That's Seth Lewis from KTC TV three. I'm Scott Prather. Uh, phone lines that open this morning. Our apologies. They'll be back open tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, before we hit up our final break, I want to ask you about the two conference finals. Uh, Pelicans looks like either Jacques Vaughn or um, Charles Lee, an assistant, thirty six years old, Milwaukee. Christian Clark reporting last night, those are the two strong candidates through sources. Basically, that means that's who they've zeroed in on. That's who's left. Um, Jacques Vaughn, 46. Seth, not good in his stint as the head coach of the Magic. They had just traded Dwight Howard. They were a team that did not have much talent on the roster. Um, not excuses, just just to get all the facts out there. Sure. Um, and he was younger. Uh, He's been with the Nets ever since as an assistant. Interim for, like, the bubble last year, and that was it. Um, and then you've got Lee, who I'd love to tell you I have a strong take on. I don't. I mean, he he played at Bucknell. He was the Patriot League Player of the Year. Couldn't make an NBA roster. Played overseas for four years. Worked on Wall Street for a couple of years uh, as an equities trader. And then was an assistant at Bucknell. Obviously did something right because he was on an NBA team as an assistant like shortly thereafter. He was in Atlanta, been in Milwaukee the last four years, only 36, and doesn't really – I know I'll say what you're going to say. It doesn't matter who the coach is if they don't give him a well-constructed roster. Hmm. So it's hard for me to really have a strong take on either guy. I'm just glad that it's somebody that um, – they're both reportedly, quote, player coaches, end quote, and they're they're both not in their 60s. You know, I mean, what did you and I say when they hired Van Gundy? We were like, eh, wish they would have gone someone a little younger. So at least they're doing that here if it's one of these two guys. And I fully expect it to be one of those two. But before we head into the break, your thoughts on the idea that one of those two is likely going to be the next head coach? I mean, I, I don't hate it. But, you know, honestly, with a lot of coaching hires, you just don't know. Like, unless it's like Nick Saban. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you don't know you don't know how it's gonna mesh you don't know how it's gonna fit uh you could have had success here but that doesn't necessarily translate like for example uh and this is in the flip like Jacques Vaughn was terrible in Orlando but no duh I mean what what was he working with um he was a lame duck coach he was a transitional coach he was the coach to get them I guess from Stan Van Gundy ironically right to whoever the next coach was Scott Skiles which did not work yeah, that didn't. I mean, but the Magic haven't had a star since Dwight Howard. So, and this is a star-driven league. And so, what can you take from it? You know, like the Nets played. I will say the Nets played. Why you hate Vucevic, man? I said a. He's well, a he was an all-time all-star. He was an all-time. I mean, multi-time twice. Okay, still that's still multi, still. but I mean you still. you you was you was kind of like you said that like I didn't know how many times he made the All Star <laughs> team and like I could confuse it for five. They I know he's made so it much. twice, but that's also and the that's second also time being like, this year. What the last two years? It's not like that's been like a two long of the time. last three years. Okay. So I mean, I, I, I look, I, I give you they that. at least have a player now. But is is Vucevic? No, he's he leading probably, you to a championship. He should probably be a, a second or third guy. I mean, he's he's, yeah, he's like, not going to be the best player on other teams. Right, and then he good player he, though. Good player went to Chicago and all star, all star. Yeah, great guy. Uh, <laughs> hey, second to last pick, third to last pick in the uh, in the in the player draft uh, for the for the all star game. But um, so you just you just don't know. You don't know how it's gonna translate with Jock. You don't know how it's gonna uh, translate with Lee. Um, but I will say, Jock did some interesting things to his credit with that Nets roster that. Didn't have anybody. I mean, their best player was like, I guess Spencer Dinwiddie played in the bubble along with Karis LeVert, you know. And, I mean, they are in the bubble a shot away from uh, sending the – a shot away from sending the Blazers home, 
um, for the for that playing game that they had with the uh, with the Memphis Grizzlies. Didn't they go like ten and three, uh, seven and three in the ten games in the bubble? I believe I think? something yeah. something like yeah. that. It was it was something to such that nature. A, the bubble was so weird. Though. It was it's such hard, a weird, it's hard to draw. It was a, it was a great time, but it was but it was also hard to draw was, any. But but the point being is that with a roster there and excuse me. Um, even because Kenny Atkinson didn't get fired once the pandemic started, mm-hmm. um, he just they had probably more success than they were supposed to have, and there was even thought too from how he performed that he would be up for the head coaching job. So yeah. that speaks to some degree of like, man, they were considering handing him the keys to KD and Kyrie. It, he he was in a uh, Jacques Vaughn was in a quoted in a Sports Illustrated article. A year or so ago, about when he was a first-time head coach, he felt like one of the mistakes he made looking back was he wanted to make sure everyone knew he was the head coach, he was in charge. He said he was probably a bit too strict and not as player-friendly as he should have been. And now, you know, and that that was back when he was shoot younger than I am now. Um, now he's you know forty-six and. Said he's learned a lot. He's changed a lot. And again, that 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 quote player. Look, they, they had Alvin Gentry, who was like, I I say you know, love Al, but like he's like a substitute teacher that like you're like, I can I can kind of do my thing. I'm still gonna at least get a B. Like I can get away with this. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna do my That's thing. True. And and he's he's awesome and he loves his guys. But it's like, and then you're like, okay, we're gonna get rid of you. And we're going to get a guy that's like a military sergeant, and he's not going to have much time at all to work with you guys, and you just make make it work. So uh, Lee or Vaughn, or if it ends up being someone else, but it's it's I expect it to be one of those two guys. They just they they somewhere in the middle. Like if you're going to be a quote player quote coach end quote, then you have enough respect from the players that they're going to believe in you and do what you ask of them. Um, and in both of these guys, I don't, again, I don't really know much about Charles Lee cause he's just been an assistant, right? but if that's their rep, that's probably a good thing based on, and, and they're a bit younger and they played professionally. Granted Lee played overseas and Vaughn played, you know, 12 years in the league, won a championship when he was in San Antonio. They just have the respect of your team. Don't be so extreme one way or the other, the way the last two head coaches kind of felt, but more than anything, David Griffin, put together a freaking well-constructed roster, or it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. matter. It's not going to matter. I mean, you the expectation now, the expectation last year should have been at least playing. They didn't do that. The first year was, you know, I, it was a free pass for me at least. As well, far as Zion like, wasn't even playing to be Zion honest. wasn't even playing, and then also it's like this is a young team; they have to learn. You know, my thing was more so them getting be- better as the year went on. And they did up until things stopped. And then when they came back from pause, it was like, what is this mess Mm -hmm. that is on the court? Um, So that was year one with Zion. Year two is a disappointment, but you unlocked point Zion. Great. Now it's playoffs. Now the expectation is it's it's playoffs. It's seven, eight seed and winning that game, winning one of those two games. You know, maybe maybe six, whatever. But, you, I mean, clearly with the right move, you can go from right outside the bubble to the number two seed in the West and one win away from winning the Western They'll Conference. probably do it tonight, the Phoenix Suns. That's who you're referencing. That is who I'm referencing. And one bad hire away and a few bad roster moves away from continuing to be in the toilet in a team that's wasting a generational Wasting talent. generational talents. Plural. Plural. You like think, you think I, Ingram's uh, look, man. No, 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 no. No, I'm not talking. You're talking about I'm Paul talking, and then I'm talking AD CP and, and AD now Zion. A, and now Zion, not, not Ingram. Let's. I, mean, I thought. Let's, no, I just. I thought you were referring to the current no roster. That's why I said. But but I, you know that's always. Can I be honest? Mm-hmm. My biggest fear. I expect you to always. Please. All right. All right. Thank you. I know this is a safe space. My <laughs> my biggest fear with the Pelicans is that. And, I, and not because of the rumors of like, uh, oh, you know, the team is the most likely team to sell. We talked about that last time. Not that's not that's not happening. Yeah. But my biggest fear is that let's say the team does move one day or there just is a point 
where, you know, you can look back at different teams and they have this different history. My biggest fear is that the Pelicans' history is that they landed all this generational talent and did nothing with it. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, like because you you can look at a lot of other teams right now. That is the team. Situation. That is the team situation. And when they that get is. Zion, it's like it's almost like it's definitely oh it's happened like oh cool we get a you know you get another chance at it. But then it's like man like I was telling someone how I'm not saying that I wish the ping pong balls dropped differently. But if the Pelicans get two, the expectations of bu- uh, of of building a winner with John Morant is way different than building a winner with Zion Williamson because that's Zion. And that's not to say Ja isn't good. And part of the reason why he's gotten so much shine is because he's made the play in year one, made the playoffs year two, won the first game of that series. But, like, the pressure's still different. Mm-hmm. The, the patience – is different. We're not hearing about Jaws' parents being upset. Who cares if Jaws' parents are upset? You know, I mean? like you're not even on that level yet. But Zion is. <laughs> he's only played ninety games, and he's too. only played ninety games. Um, Seth Lewis from KTC TV three. Um, we're we're almost out of time here. Uh, Suns close it out tonight. I think so. I think it's just going to be tough without Kawhi. You know, and I think the Clippers will, will play hard and all that good stuff. But look, see Steve man, Ballmer with his just C- face. CP his- has been up three one before, and he's lost twice, I believe, up three one, including one time with the team that he's playing against. He's not trying to be on that side of history for them. Hawks Bucks Bucks go up two games to one. They win last night. Chris Middleton outscores Atlanta on his own in the fourth quarter. Uh, Giannis played well. Trey Young left for a stretch, came back, hurt his foot, but um, Hawks are a great story. They got that first game. Trey Young probably never miss an All Star game again as long as he's healthy for like the next ten years. But uh, seriously, but uh, this, the, but the Bucks, this is it, right? They're they're winning this series, right? Well, they're definitely winning the series. I mean, it didn't even after Game One, people overreact. They're winning the series. It's just a matter of if Trey is hurt and it limits him. The Bucks win in five, man. I, I'm, I mean, if if he's healthy, I feel like I mean this ain't a drastic difference, but I feel like the Bucks win in six. I feel like the Hawks get another game, maybe even get the next game, because as much as I've not wanted to believe in the Hawks, and I think some of them even beating the Sixers was based on, you know, Ben Simmons not wanting to dunk the ball, Tobias going completely cold, and Embiid's knee injury which is a whole nother conversation uh, because he really should have never got hurt um, in the way that he did get hurt. Like he, it was just a, it was a dumb play. The one that, that he did get end up getting hurt on. Um, But they took that team to seven and they beat that team in seven and they won three games in Philadelphia. And then they beat the bucks in game one. And we know the bucks. The Bucks, so can, the the Bucks, Bucks are going to win, but Atlanta's going to still have some moments. They're they, going to have they some moments. Have, they still have one or two it, big moments after they won one. After they won one game against Philly, it was Lanyap. That is Seth Lewis from KTC TV three at Seth Lewis Inc on Twitter. Give him a follow if you're not already. Check out everything he's doing over at TV three. Appreciate you coming in uh, last Monday. This Monday, sure we'll talk again soon, my friend. It's great seeing you. Thanks for coming in this morning. Appreciate you for having me. All right, Steve Pelicans next with Beyond the Game. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow on ESPN1420 and .com.